Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giulio with you. Tucker Bagley behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop aboard on this Friday evening. We'll get back to all the conversation about Andy Reid. And if this means more, going up against Reid, and I believe a game that could determine who won this divorce, Eagles or the Chiefs, um, coming up a week from Sunday. I can't wait. Headed out to Phoenix on Sunday. I'll be there for the shows next week on Radio Row. And we'll be talking a lot about this game, this matchup. So we thought, you know what, let's bring on someone who knows a lot about this game and specifically this matchup and the Chiefs side of it because this is a worthy opponent. I mean, look, the Niners, they were not. They turned out to be not because we know the quarterback injuries. Yeah, the other side, this is Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback of a generation. Let's talk to Jay Binkley from 610 Sports Radio, and he's the host of the Chiefs postgame show Excited to get a, a perspective here from Kansas City. Jay joins us right now on the guest line. Jay, how you doing tonight? Hey, great, my friend. How you doing? Ah, uh, doing well, and uh, looking forward to next Sunday. So, Jay, set the scene for us. What what is the uh, the feeling in Kansas City uh, right, right now? It, it's a lot of confidence in Philadelphia. The Eagles are the favorite in the game, although it's obviously very small. Uh, but they've played their best in the postseason on defense, and and people here are feeling pretty good. What what's the feeling in Kansas City right now about this matchup? You know, I think they're very excited about being there. I mean, I, clearly they wish everybody, you know, was healthy and kind of had, you know, a fair fight in the situation. But, uh, you know, they're getting used to it. This is down three times in the last four years. Uh, they're excited about going. As far as being the underdog, um, I think the Chiefs kind of like that. Um, they're usually the favored team. It went back and forth with the Bengals game. They were favored. The Bengals are favored. The Chiefs went back to being favored because it hinged upon Patrick Mahomes' ankle and the news that came out where the line would switch on it all the time. But uh, I think they like being the underdog. I think they like being counted out. This is a team that I can rarely remember a team with such a chip on their shoulder. And to be a very good team and still able to carry that chip on their shoulder, I know Nick Saban in Alabama, was people never really downplayed his team, except the year, uh, two years ago when Georgia won their, their first of two national titles in a row. You know, they weren't being talked about in the SEC title game. And Nick Saban called it rat poison because people are talking bad things about their team. And he liked it and he enjoyed it because they always hear about how good they are. Well, they won that game and ended up losing the national title game. But, uh, you know, I think sometimes it's a good reality check um, for, for players, you know, to be, you know, down if you're watching the NFL Live or ESPN Live. And, I mean, I, you have a laundry list of people. People didn't think this team would win the division. You know, before the year, it was going to be the Chargers. It was going to be the Raiders, then the Broncos. And believe it or not, there was a lot of people, you know, in the national media, you know, saying the Chiefs had a chance to finish last in the division, which is completely comical, seeing they have the only head coach with any kind of playoff uh, wins, um, which was Andy Reid, and, and they have Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback. Yet they were downplayed. And I, I think the Chiefs took it to heart. And they're a team that uh, doesn't do a lot of talking. Um, the only time they really have is after the Bengals game because of all the talk the Bengals were talking and all the, and the Cincinnati mayor and all this. The Chiefs actually, you know, peacocked a little bit after that game, but they don't usually do a whole lot of talking. Well, and they deserve to, Jay, after that game because it was a lot of talking on the other side by the Cincinnati Bengals, and it, it felt like the most emotion I've seen out of these guys. Um, you know, I guess Travis Kelsey's always always got something to say. He's he's uh, someone built for this era of media, but everybody it seemed like it seemed like they took that, and especially the idea that maybe Burrow had passed Mahomes that that seemed to to get under their skin last week. No, it really did. The whole Burrowhead comment. I mean, they're making t-shirts. I know our radio station 
um, has Burrowhead T-shirts with our 610 Sports logo on it. You know, in the jabroni and know your role that Travis Kelsey said, but they took it to heart of, you know, the players after the game going, they want to disrespect Arrowhead and call this Burrowhead and all this. And uh, even Andy Reid, you know, to some extent admitted that that talk fired the Chiefs up. Because usually, you know, teams will, you know, poo-poo it and they'll say, well, it didn't bother us. We didn't listen to it. They heard it. I mean, how many times have you heard in the media, you know, where, oh, we didn't listen to it. We don't read the papers. We don't listen to the radio. We don't, they do. And they always do. They always want to know what people say. And you know what? If they're not the ones doing it, it's their wives or it's their girlfriends or it's their friends. It's their family, whatever, texting me and I saying, guess who said this about you? So they know about it. And Patrick Mahomes, I don't know. Remember that uh, Jordan documentary mm-hmm. where it was, I took it personally? Yep. Like that's the one traveling around Kansas City quite a bit with Mahomes sitting there going, well, then I took it personally. Yeah, and it makes sense that he played like it. He was amazing here. So, Jay, let's talk about this uh, team as a whole. So, they were, you know, not this was kind of the first people thought maybe they'd go backwards. They lose Tyreek Hill. Obviously, all that was out the window. They won the division, number one seed. But, Jay, compare for us, compare and contrast, compared to the other Super Bowl teams they've had with Reed and Mahomes winning against the Niners. Obviously, they lost to the Bucks. Is this team on par with those teams? Better? G- give us your perspective after watching this full season compared to their other teams in this run the last five years? I think the team is better. I, I think that first Super Bowl, uh, they were kind of an experience, you know, playing with house money at, at that point against the Niners, and, and they fell down each game. I mean, they were down, what, 24 to them, the Texans. They were down double digits in every game, down double digits in the Super Bowl, and found a way to win. Against the, the Buccaneers, a little bit different. I mean, then you're facing Tom Brady in his element, in the offensive line. Just wasn't there. The Buccaneers can get to the could get to the quarterback that year, and the Chiefs had a problem. So they knew that next the next year they were going to have to draft or go out in free agency and fix their offensive line, um, which they did. They only gave up 26 sacks this year, which is 30th in the NFL. Um, so despite the pressures and everything else, but that's what the helping Mahomes able to escape, escape the pocket and, and the pressure. And of course, Philadelphia gets after the quarterback like no other team. And you know this. I mean, they're number one in the NFL with 70 sacks. Well, the Chiefs are number two in the NFL with 55 sacks. It's a 15-sack difference between one and two, so they can get after them. So clearly, Philadelphia can get better at the quarterback uh, better than those other teams have. But I think the health matters because the Chiefs have a lot of guys on that injury report. It was so bad against the Bengals. They had a player from the practice squad come up and actually make a catch in that game. They had a converted tight end that's been on injured reserve playing wide receiver at different times. They lost Justin Watson, who's their deep play guy this week, was on Ill- illness on Friday, didn't play. Travis Kelsey was a game-time decision. They had a rookie in Sky Moore that they had to have returned punts. This was a guy that was essentially benched from returning punts because he muffed a couple during the regular season. They said, okay, this is not what you did in college. You're not doing it. But when Kadarius Tony gets hurt and when McCole Hardman's not playing, they had no choice but to put this guy out there with all that pressure on him to return punts. I do think this team is better, though. And that was one of the key things in the offseason. People say, well, Tyree Kill's gone. What are they going to do? Well, Patrick Mahomes said this in training camp, and so did Andy Reid. He said, we're going to be a different offense. Everything you know about the Chiefs' offense before is going to be different. We're going to spread the ball around. We have to. They have one receiver that had over 1,000 yards receiving, and that was the tight end, Travis Kelsey. And that is unbelievable when you think about the number one scoring offense, the number one offense, the number one passing offense, the number one points per drive, a team with just one receiver – over 1,000 yards, and no 1,000-yard running backs. So when they did it by committee, they had an NFL record 12 different guys with over 100 yards of offense and two touchdowns. Never been done in the NFL. They completely spread the ball around. 
And it made it multifaceted. Teams did not know where the football was coming from. They've had more of an emphasis on the running game. They throw the ball a lot more out of the backfield. But it's been guys just stepping up. Not a lot of star power on offense behind Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. It's just guys stepping up. Guys that would, like Jerick McKinnon, who had an NFL record six straight games with a touchdown catch, he signed for the league minimum. Chiefs had him last year. They were going to move on from him. It was like June 14th, and they said, okay, come back for one more year. So he came back for one more year on the league minimum, and here he is with nine touchdowns on the season. That's what makes him so scary, I think, is the fact they, they spread the round of the ball so much, and Patrick Mahomes just sees see things that other people don't see, and it's fun to watch him do it. But, you know, clearly people thought without Tyree Kill, his team was going to take a step back. Well, they actually took a step forward. Yeah, they're better, and they strike me as more dangerous because you don't know where that football is going. We're talking to Jay Binkley here, who hosts the post-game show, 610 Odyssey Station out in Kansas City. Jay, tell us about the defense here. I mean, halfway through the season, I started to think the Chiefs wouldn't get here because I, I thought their defense was a real issue, and I thought the Bills or the Bengals would, would get them. But it seemed like second half of the year, and Steve Spagnuolo has done this a lot, or, and, and you know it over the years in both the Giants. He, you know, he was here in Philadelphia, uh, obviously Kansas City. Those defenses kind of figure it out as the season goes along. Tell us about the defense. A lot of youth in that secondary, it seems like. But uh, they look better to me now than they did maybe eight weeks ago. Oh, 100%. And you know what's funny is Mahomes – this is different than the Josh Allen last year, who had the number one defense. And all these these quarterbacks have number one defenses and top five defenses and top three. It's never been Mahomes. You know, they've been last third in the NFL in defense. However, this year's a little bit different. They finished 11th in the NFL in total defense. Points per game, not as good. They were 16th in the NFL. But number two in sacks. They had 24 more sacks this year than they did a year ago. And that's coming from glitches from the safeties. Uh, from the young corners. Um, Chris Jones did his damage in the middle. They drafted George Karloftis in the first round. It's been getting to the quarterback, especially later here in the season. But they just got better. And I think that pass rush helped this younger secondary. And they have a seventh-round pick, Jalen Watson, that's got an interception in the last two weeks. And this goes to the front office and Brett Beach that did spend time, you know, in Philadelphia as the GM. Because there was a fourth-round pick in a corner – make it an interception, a seventh-round pick, make it an interception. Isaiah Pacheco, um, their leading rusher, a seventh-round draft pick. So you had three seventh-round draft picks, or excuse me, two seventh-round draft picks. Make a difference in this game, and you got to do that stuff. You're going to win in this league uh, where everybody's got the same amount of money to spend. you got to be smart in the draft room. You have to be able to go out there, identify players, identify talent, and that's one thing they've done. And Nick Bolton, the middle linebacker, finishes second in the NFL in tackles. You know, this was a throw-in to the Orlando Brown trade with the Ravens. Uh, Brett Beach, the GM, had come out and said, hey, that year that uh, he was that uh, Nick Bolton was drafted, he's like, okay, second and third round is the hot zone. So Orlando Brown was traded to Kansas City, which was all stupid in and of itself. Why would the Ravens trade the Chiefs the one piece they needed? It's not like the Chiefs would have ever done this to the Patriots. If Belichick called them, they wouldn't have done it. And then they sent pick 58 as well, which turned into Nick Bolton, who ended up being the second-leading tackler in the NFL this year. So, the defense has gotten much better, much more confident. Not only that, they're, they're stopping the run. Like the Chiefs weren't able to stop the run the last couple of years. I mean, they were almost what, 25th, 32nd, but they're eighth in the NFL in stopping the run. And for a while, they were second, third, fourth. It's kind of slid into, but they're eighth in the NFL at stopping the run. So they definitely have made improvements on this defense. This defense is the best they've played in the Super Bowl with. 
Jay, the, your perspective on the Eagles. What, what's the perception from you after the year they've had? And I'm curious what you think of Jalen Hurts. Obviously had a great year this year, likely to finish right behind Patrick Mahomes in the MVP voting. But your perception of them, let's say six months ago as a franchise, as a team, and now you know what it is now before a Super Bowl. Well, I like what they're doing. I always like Nick Sirianni, you know, his time here in Kansas City. Um, Jalen Hurts, you know, I had a fun time watching him at Alabama, saw a lot of his games there. And, of course, at Oklahoma, you saw how good he is. He's a tremendous player. Um, he's tremendous. The, the wide receiving talent uh, with the Eagles. The Eagles are the most solid all-around team in the NFL. When you look at offense, defense, and everything involved, the Eagles, you know, have that. They're the only team that can only boast what the number three offense in the NFL, the number two defense, barely. What was it, a yard and a half difference in the 49ers? I mean, mm-hmm. it was that close. It was that close of a defense to them. But in, in the sacks, the 70 sacks really stick out. And I know people look at schedules and things like that, but correct me if I'm wrong. Weren't the Eagles 9-1 and one against teams with winning records? They were. I, I think we're at a point now where only two teams ever have had more wins in a season against teams with winning records. So, it's, yeah, they racked up a lot of wins against teams that finished you know above 500 for sure. Yeah. It's it's a tremendous team. There's a lot of respect from the Chiefs uh, to the Eagles. I mean, almost to a man, they talk about that. And I know there's a lot of, you know, friendships there. A lot of the Chiefs front office is from the Eagles. I mean, their trainer, Rick Burkholder, came over from the Eagles. He was with Andy Reid for 14 years in Philadelphia. Brett Beach, the GM, comes over from Philadelphia. Um, There's a laundry list of players, or excuse me, people in the front office and stuff from Philadelphia. So that those friendships remain. They always have something positive to say about their time in Philadelphia. And then, of course, you have the Kelsey brothers. And you have that podcast they do, which is tremendous. And just the respect that even Jason, who wore a Chief shirt, you know, during that game, then quickly put the Eagles shirt on afterwards, which was, which was funny. But the respect that those guys have for each other. I have a friend that paints cleats in the NFL, um, and he just got finished painting uh, Kelsey's uh, pregame cleats, which are pretty sweet. He's got a picture of him and Jason on one shoe. Like now, mm-hmm. and then on the other shoe, the other cleat, it's got uh, Jason and Travis's kid. Uh, oh, that's great. Playing football. But it's it's pretty sweet, it, these cleats that uh, Travis will have on there before the game. But it, it's a solid football team. I mean, this is – the Eagles, there's really no weakness with this team. I mean, that's the thing about it. This is the best team uh, the Chiefs will have faced all year round. Um Jalen Hurts, what's going on with him? I mean, is his shoulder still there bothering him? It sounds yeah, like it was it, a little bit. Yeah, I actually think, Jay, and for the good of, of football fans, and I, and I think for both of us and everyone in, in each of our cities, I, I think I'm glad we have two weeks because I think Hurts needs sure. it. Um, and I obviously Patrick Mahomes is dealing with what he's he dealing it. with. So I, I think we just get a better product next Sunday because they get a week off. And yeah, Hurts sprained his shoulder uh, early December, missed two games. Yeah. I have a feeling when this whole thing is done, we'll probably get a report that that sprain was probably more of a grade two or three rather than a grade one. Because at first it was like, yeah, I'll miss a week and it'll be fine. But he's still dealing with this. And, you know, it's been it's been eight, nine weeks now. So whatever it well, is. In the running game, too. Yes. In the running game. Yep. I don't know. It, it might affect him a little bit there. But here's the thing. The top two teams are in the Super Bowl. Right? You get the two number one seeds in the Super Bowl. These are the best football teams in the National Football League. Um, I, I hope both teams can get healthy and can go in this as a fair fight um, because I think we're in for a tremendous Super Bowl. 
Um, two very, very good football teams with great quarterback. I agree. So, Jay, let's end with this. I, you know, I'm curious how you feel about the flow and, and what it might look like next weekend. I mean, we have two teams that had identical, I believe, points per game. I, I saw a graphic the other day. They're both 16-3. and three. Both have scored whatever it is, 546 points this year. Um, so we know the offenses are excellent, but we know the Eagles' defense, the pass rush has been very good. You mentioned the Chiefs' defense better and, and really you know, probably underrated when it comes to getting to the quarterback. So what are you expecting? Do you think this is more of a lower scoring game, maybe goes under the total, or do you think, hey, we got the two MVP candidates at quarterback. You give them two weeks, give these coaches two weeks, we got a shootout next Sunday. What do you think? You know, the minute you think it's going to be an offensive showdown, it's not a defensive showdown. If you think it's a defensive showdown, it's not going to be. I think this game is in the, in the 20s, guys. I know the Chiefs average 29 points a game. Um, the Eagles really close to 28 points a game. I think it's 27 to 24. Something like that. I think we're looking at, at a game in the mid twenties, which isn't you know thirties and forties and all these things. But you know the Super Bowl sometimes it gets out of hand. It's just what it does. But I think we're in for a trade. And I think it's I think it's a field goal game, and I think it's in the twenties. I love it. It should be a lot of fun. Jay, really appreciate you hopping on and uh, enjoy the game next weekend, and have a great uh, post game show. Thank you, fellas. You guys take care, and uh, let's enjoy the game. There we go. Jay Binkley, 610 Sports Radio out in Kansas City, our Odyssey station, hosts the post-game show out there. I guess you can call him there, Rob Ellis. I mean, I don't know what else he does, but, yeah, I mean, Rob hosts our post-game show. So, yeah, I appreciate it, Jay, hopping on there. And it's interesting to hear the way he talks about the Eagles. Um, a lot of respect coming from that side of it. But also – I mean, they're confident. I mean, they should be confident. They're the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're underdogs, which still has it set in. Have you noticed how many callers this week to this show, I'm sure it's happening to all the shows, are calling for a blowout? Does that make you as uneasy as it makes me? Like, it's Patrick Mahomes on the other side. Yeah, I felt this way the last couple weeks, especially working with TK, who's coming up at 10 o'clock. It felt like the last two weeks, like, the Eagles should blow them out, right? The Giants, they're a much better team on paper. And then even the 49ers, I felt if they got up early, they could blow them out, and obviously we didn't anticipate that happening. But both weeks I felt there must be a catcher. There must be something that we're missing, and obviously it wasn't. And going into next week, I feel similar. Like, you look at every matchup on paper, the Eagles are a much better team than the Chiefs, but you have Patrick Mahomes on the other side who I think is the great equalizer. Like, that's the catch. That's the thing you're missing is perhaps the greatest quarterback of his generation and maybe a guy who will go down as the greatest quarterback ever standing on the other sideline. Well, it's it's two things. It's it's the court that you can't have a bigger quarterback difference between this game and what they faced the last two games. I mean, even if you think Daniel Jones is decent, I mean, come on, it's 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 night and day. So that's that's different. And also you have a quarterback who we know is great who has a great weapon. They they may not have Tyree Kill anymore, but has anyone ever looked at how, what Travis Kelsey does in the postseason? I mean, his average game in the playoffs is like Nine catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. I mean, this guy dominates the postseason. And I know he was banged up, but obviously it didn't affect him that much in the game, so he, he played. I mean, they have they have things that scare me about this game. And I just – do you think some of this is because they were blown out in a Super Bowl a couple years ago? The Bucks are by – I just – I think we're misremembering what happened in that game. At least I, that's my perception of this. Because I've heard people say, well, remember when the Bucks blew him out, they had a great pass rush. Didn't the Chiefs have tackle injuries? Their tackles were hurt. Yeah, but their offensive line was banged up. And if you go Holmes. back and watch that game and watch some of the highlights, there were a lot of dropped passes. Like, there were a lot of plays that Mahomes made. And I think I saw an NFL Films thing someone posted on Twitter last week, two weeks ago, where the Buccaneers' defense and their offense on the sideline in between drives 
kept saying, I don't know how Patrick Mahomes is doing this. Even though they only put up nine points, even though receivers kept dropping passes, I mean, he was diving and throwing 40-yard bombs to guys in the back of the end zone, and they were just dropping it. Yeah, and I think you have to also take this to account. So their offensive line is better than it was a couple years ago. And I, I think the Eagles will get some pressure and, and get some sacks. But this season, despite leading the NFL in passing yards, and he threw it 648 times, Patrick Mahomes was only sacked 26 times. Like, that offensive line is better than it was, you know, back then when they had that bad Super Bowl. Plus, you're getting the rid of the ball a lot quicker. Right. Not waiting for long developing plays for Tyreek Hill, 50 yards downfield. So it's the combination of both. He was the Chiefs, or I guess just would say Mahomes, because this only counts his, his snaps. Third best sack percentage in the NFL. Only took a sack on 3.9% of his, his attempts. The only guys better were Brady and Jared Goff. Two, I mean, two guys that have to get rid of the football, right? Like, they, they can't hold it because they can't move back there. So, I just – I don't think this is going to be as easy. I hope it is. I don't think it will be. 215-592-9494. That's how you get aboard. Andy Reid. It's, it's not just a Super Bowl. It's Andy Reid. This one means more to me because it is Reid. We'll come back. Your phone calls. Does this mean more to you? We have explicit history with the Eagles and the Super Bowls over the years with our best highlights and favorite highlights from all that. And when we get back, let you hear this one here. As Fletcher Cox spoke today, talking about Jalen Hurts, his leadership, and what makes him the leader he is. Hear that next on Sports Radio 94 WIP.